0: of entertainment and enlightenment this is the glenbeck program
1: how do we do what we believe how do we win what tactics elevate and advance our principles as conservatives rather than diminish them and help us become exactly like that which we're trying to defeat that's the theme and the questions we're answering today on the Glenn Beck program This is the Glenn Beck
0: Program.
1: Back here on the Glenn Beck Program. My name is Steve Dace. I'm here with the crew of the Steve Dace Show, Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre, noon to 2 Eastern each weekday right after Glenn Beck here on blaze TV radio and podcast. If you want to find out more about us, check out our channel on YouTube. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google play. Just look up my name, D E A C E. You can also go to blaze tv.com slash days to watch us and all of the other great programming. We do each day at blaze TV, blaze tv.com slash days. So we spent an entire opening hour, on the first of the Ten Commandments of Political Warfare from my book, Rules for Patriots, which I wanted to write the antidote to Saul Rules for Radicals. How do we actually have principles that elevate those of us that believe in God-given rights rather than emulating the principles of a book dedicated to Lucifer? How do we do that? That's what these Ten Commandments of Political Warfare are all about. So now that we have, I think, at the very least— enticed a number of you to consider how much you are willing to blind trust these Republicans you elect because they gave you the soundbite you wanted on Fox news tonight. Let's move on to the rest of the tactics, gentlemen. You ready to go? Let's get it. Yep. Let's go to number two, second of our 10 commandments, never attack what you're not willing to kill. This is a mistake I've seen conservatives make in public office way too often. Here's the reality. The minute you become the Republican nominee for any office in America that matters. You are immediately a racist, a misogynist, a homophobe, a xenophobe, and you probably kick puppies. Immediate. I I look at John McCain. The media did everything they could to get him the nomination 10 years ago, five minutes after he clinched the nomination front page in the New York Times. uh, He's got a mistress. Now I, I believe that story was debunked, but you think that they just found out about that five minutes after he clinched the nomination? Or do you think they probably had that story ready the entire time? And if he hadn't clinched the nomination, there would be no point in running that story because then they could still use him to book him every Sunday morning to use and spew their talking points against people like us, right? That's the way the game is played. You're a Green Bay Packers fan, right, Todd? Yeah, the legendary coach, Vince Lombardi, always used to say to his players, if you're going to go over the middle, catch the ball. Because when you go over the middle, you know, that safety's coming up behind you. He he can't see if you caught the ball or not most of the time, and so he is caught to play you, the the player, not the ball. That so that's why he hits you to try to stop you and separate you from the ball. So you're going to get hit going over the middle, sticking out those out. Al- How many times on an NFL Sunday or a college football Saturday do you see guys stick the alligator arms out there? Right, meaning they they don't fully extend for the ball. And then they get cold-jacked anyway, and you're screaming as a fan, "Just catch the ball!" You're going to get hit anyway. What was the point of taking the hit? If you're not going to move the chains or 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 score the touchdown, right? Correct. Yes. All too often you see the people representing you think, "You know, if I if I if I just stop here, they'll be nice to me." No they won't. No, they won't. You want a great example of what what it looks like to never attack what you're not willing to kill? Go watch Donald Trump Jr.'s recent appearance on The View a few weeks ago. Dude loaded up, came, came loaded, man, emptied the freaking chamber, and then with bodies twitching and smoke pouring forth from the barrel, went for a refill, cocked again, unloaded the chamber again and then was like austin powers i'm spent that's that's what you do guys
0: well of course you do but uh we need a better this is like the the reverse of the joker we need a better class of criminal and i'm gonna give it to him sort of thing but this is this is really really hard to do because ultimately a lot of our candidates get involved they, 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 listen they, they're they're pageant parents is what they are this is they really want the ribbon the the ceremony all of that stuff and you don't have to be a jerk you listen it's easy we're quite good at it uh but you don't have to go in there name calling or anything like that this is about the ideas kill
1: the ideas i go back to john jr you watch that clip He's not—he's no. not in there being a d-bag or anything. I mean, he's, and it, it, if anything, his delivery reminded me of Chris Farley and Tommy Boy. Bert, you were there, right? When he looks over at when he looks over at Whoopi Goldberg and says, well, "I mean, hey, Whoopi, you—you you were i mean, I, I mean, uh, Joy, you wore blackface too." Almost like, yeah. come on, we're all just Ralph. You know, we're all part of the Ralph Northam society here, right? See that tactic, doing it that way, actually works even better. Because if you go in there with brow furrowed from the outset, then they can right away just label you. But when you go in there, you know, like, Kumo D, how you like me now? You know, I, I, you know, we're just sitting there having some coffee talk, and the truth's on my side. I got nothing to fear. This is a devastating tactic. They're going to treat you like the Covington kids. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So what is the point of earning all of these bad names why do any of this then, if if you're not going to lay waste, okay, lay waste to the fortress, then 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 don't enlist, because you'll be treated just the same as if you had, anyway. That brings us to commandment number three. Never accept the word never to find is, is used a lot here. I like absolutes. We we love absolutes on this show. We embrace them. We marinate in them. We love them. Never accept the premise of your opponent's argument. Never. Never. And again, if you just tuned in this morning, never in the original Greek means never. It's never-os. Never-os. It's never. <laughs> right? um how are we doing that today oh you know and tons of things how many we all do it and i and we're all afraid of getting banned on social media right now everybody in conservative media is for the most part except for kurt schlichter i think he's begging for a ban god bless him all right i mean it's like he it's like kurt schlichter logs on twitter he's like looking for updates to their terms of service of what you can't say or do and it's like all right now i know i've got my marching orders for today all right and 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 i'm i'm convinced they won't ban him cuz they just don't want to give him the satisfaction right? <laughs> so the most of us in our industry are paranoid about getting banned from these platforms because they're our primary conduit to reach most of you with, with our clips and stories and it's how you aggregate your information and in news nowadays. Our, our ability to reach you is severely diminished without them. And so what's happening is mental illness known as trans this and trans that, but it's mental illness. It's insanity. I mean, let me, let me read for you this headline. Uh, let me find it here from over at red state yesterday. All right. Th- this headline is incredible. Um, and it was, a story out of the UK. This is the headline. I'm just going to read it verbatim. A lesbian couple identifying as neither a straight nor gay couple has a miracle baby with the sperm of a man identifying as a woman thanks to a transgender doctor. That's 2019 in one headline, y'all. Right there. Yes, it is. And, and Red State is doing it this way for two reasons. One, this is a devastatingly effective way of pointing out how insane this all is. But two, this is the most devastatingly effective way they could do so without violating the terms of service of the social media groups and getting banned. If you verbalize your opponent's talking points, you're helping to advance them. If you you permit the premise of your opponent's argument to be granted, he will win the argument every time. Whoever's premise is accepted in an argument always wins. Always wins. We're always arguing bottom line, bottom line, bottom line. They're always arguing premise, premise, premise. That's where the fight is at. It's not at the end of the argument, it's at the beginning, Todd.
0: That's why you have to. Who's the player, former Nationals, now in the Phillies? Oh, you're talking about Bryce Harper? Bryce Harper. That's yeah. why you need to be comfortable saying that's a clown question, bro. You you've got to have that in your arsenal. And you have to say it a lot because the media just comes at you over and over again with these ridiculous premises. And it's fascinating that you bring up read that headline because one of the best jobs you did this in real time with the local guy on channel 13, yeah. you got to tell people about that because yeah. you basically I said, that's a that. clown question. bro. Yeah,
1: there was a local news guy and they had me they, when I was doing just local radio and they used to do this feature local newsmakers for yeah. in a chair for 60 minutes. and can ask you anything. So I go into the chair and they want to ask me all kinds of questions about homosexuality. All right. And they, and he starts asking me questions like, um, do I, ha- you know, um, do, or do I think a homosexual should be allowed to openly serve in the military? And I said to him, I, I think all males and females who are able-bodied and can live by the Uniformed Code of Military Justice, if they wish to volunteer to serve their country, they ought to be able to. And then he asked me again, same question. I gave him the exact same answer. All males and females that can serve and can live by the UM, uh Uniformed Code of Military Justice should be able to. And he's like... Well, what about, what about gays? I'm like, I only know of two forms of people, male and female. If you know of a third variation of the species, by all means, you should be in the chair. That's what I told him. You should be, well, let's switch spots. You're right. the newsmaker. You're breaking news. You're letting us know something science has not previously told us. I only know men and women. And then he said to me, he goes, well, do you have any family members who are gay? Because this was right after we had the election about throwing the judges out over gay marriage here in Iowa. And I looked at him and I said, well... Uh, I believe that what someone I used their own talking point against them. I looked at them and said, "Well, I believe what someone does with another consenting adult in their own bedroom is none of my business." So I I don't call up my family members and ask them, "Hey, did you have gay sex last night?" And that's how the that's how the exchange ended right then and there. That's what you're talking December about, December thirty first, two thousand nine. You would have probably been somewhere on the on the airwaves or maybe not because you were probably on break then. But around that time, you would have been somewhere saying, you know, uh, with the gay marriage debate, this would have been uh, five and a half years before a burger fell with the gay marriage debate. What we're really debating here and you would have correctly pointed out is that there is no gender. And of course, you would have been told, oh, you're just making a slippery slope argument. This is just about um, this is just about love is love and uh, love is equal and, and all of this. Ten years later, December 31st, it's that red state headline. Because ultimately we're saying it's not natural for men to be attracted to women and women to be attracted to men. And that's how we perpetuate the species. That's that's really what you're saying is those aren't God-given or nature-ordained instincts and desires and wants. And 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 that's why we're going to justify no longer recognizing that and undoing them. So what you're really saying, if you take your argument to its logical premise, you're saying there's no gender. And I'd bring these and, people on, as you point out, they'd lose their minds. Yep. But now, what is, what is the argument? What's been the number one cultural flashpoint we've had all year in 2019? The very gender argument they used to deny to people like me they really wanted to have all along. More here on the Glenn Beck program in a moment. All right, let's get right back to it here on the 10 commandments of political warfare from my book, Rules for Patriots, How Conservatives Can Win Again. We just talked about commandment number three, never accept the premise of your opponent's argument. This is a common sin on the right. We use their talking points. We shouldn't ever argue about gun violence ever, that talking point. I was on a panel on MSNBC one day when they literally invented that term in the middle of the panel during commercial break. We just changed the talking point to gun control, to gun violence. I didn't, I'm not changing. That, that might be your talking point, but I mean, you don't control my conscience. You want gun control. You want gun confiscation. That's what you want. I'm not, I'm not using your talking points. You wouldn't use mine. Why should I use yours? Why do we just volunteer to be on defense? Why? And it's one of those questions that there's no good answer to. And the minute somebody asks you this, you, don't you feel like you're empowered and free to be like, you know what? You're right. I don't have to do that. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not. Like I would never use the word abortion. We don't use it really on our show. We call it child killing. It's what you're doing. You're killing babies. I mean, abortion sounds like a tonsillectomy. I'm just, you know, I had, I had this thing I get it, that I don't need. I got rid of it, we move on. Doesn't it sound it sounds so clinical? Again, why would I use their terms? Why? That's the term they want. Why would I use that? Why, why, would I, why would I let people who get up in the morning and live out the boy in the striped pajamas in real time as their job at the abortuary, uh, at the, at the child-killing plant? Well, one day, a few years ago, when Noah was sick, and when he was little, I took his sisters down to see him. He was in the hospital with a bad virus for a couple of days. And he needed IVs and stuff that we couldn't do at home. And I took his older sisters down to see him. They were still kind of young at the time too. And there, and there used to be a Planned Parenthood right across the street from Mercy Hospital here in Des Moines. Irony of ironies. It's closed like a lot of the clinics are closing nowadays. Praise God for that. And my daughters asked me, hey, what is that? My oldest, I think she was 11 maybe at the time. The youngest would have been like seven. I told him, I told him the truth. I didn't tell him that was abortion clinic. I said, women go in there and have their babies killed because they don't want them. And they do that right across the street from the hospital. You know, the motto we have in our house is when you're old enough to ask the right questions, you're old enough to get the right answers. So I told him that. Why, why Why would I sanitize this on any level? So why do we? All the answers to that question are bad. Are we ready for commandment four? Yes. Here's commandment number four. Never. There's that word again. Never surrender the moral high ground. Never. Ben Kenobi, Obi-Wan looks at Anakin yes. Skywalker and says, it's over, Anakin. Anakin. I have the high ground. That was actually a pretty good impersonation. Didn't that almost no, sound yeah, like him no, a little bit? Yeah. No. I hate you. <laughs> I thought it sounded pretty good. No. no? Hello there. No? Okay. Um, why give up the high ground on your argument? Let me give you an example in recent years of what this looks like. And then I'll let you guys chime in, okay? The Obamacare debate. So here we have the most anti, I didn't use the, pre, the, the prefix un, the most anti-constitutional piece of legislation, arguably in American history. Now, something can, we can debate on the left and right, and people of good conscience can debate how far the general welfare clause should go, for example. Really, what what preemptively can a president empowered as commander in chief really do preemptively on his own militarily? And people of good conscience can have disagreements about these things and then have it adjudicated and found to be unconstitutional in the end. Okay? But when something's anti-constitutional, that's different. Unjust means, you know what, we checked, we looked, we analyzed it, and it doesn't really line up with with the Constitution's original framework and scheme schema were intended to be so nice try but no anti means you're trying to undo this you are against un means you're wrong anti means you're against you're intentionally attempting to undermine that which you're opposing so when something is anti-constitutional it's against the constitution obamacare was against the constitution on every level on every level the idea that government could order you to buy something you don't want. The idea that government could order you to fund services you don't need. The idea that government could then say you must violate your conscience if you're Liberty University, if you're Hobby Lobby Corporation, if you're those poor nuns at Little Sisters of the Poor. You've got to pay for me to get my freak on and kill my kid afterwards. I can't think of any any viable tenet. It even screened people for Second Amendment rights. I cannot think of a tenet of the Constitution that Obamacare did not violate. And what was the often argument that you heard from Republicans about it? Was it that argument? Oh, those are the arguments shows like this made. But the politicians you elect, the argument you often heard was, they can't afford it. They can't afford that. Okay, cool. So if we were running budget surpluses, it wouldn't be anti-constitutional anymore. It wouldn't be any less wicked if, if we were in the black instead of the red. What an absolutely stupid argument. And when your argument is stupid, you lose. And that's why Obamacare never got repealed. More of the Glenn Beck program in a moment. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Still talking about commandment number four here. Never surrender the moral high ground as we continue on with the Ten Commandments of Political Warfare. From my book, Rules for Patriots, How Conservatives Can Win Again, we're the crew from the Steve Dace Show. Noon to 2 Eastern after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. Look us up. Try to like us on Facebook, but we're shadow banned there, so good luck with that. You can also find us uh, our, our stuff on YouTube, TV.com slash Dace, or just subscribe to the podcast. Look for Steve Dace, D-E-A-C-E. Look for Steve Dace on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, et cetera. And as always, you have any questions or anything you want to ask me about, email me, steve at I As the show continues to grow, I can't respond to everybody the way that I used to when we were just uh, a wee lass. But uh, I, I do try to get back to as many people as I possibly can. I want to continue on here with commandment number four, though, for just a second. And, and why tactically this is so important. Let's go back to the Obamacare debate. Because I, I think it's the I think it's the number one reason why Republicans lost control of Congress. I think it's the number one reason, the number two reason, the number three, and the number four. And I don't think it has anything to do with Trump's tweeting activity, which most days I'm not a fan of myself. Okay, but I don't think that I don't I don't, I don't think I live in the suburbs. Republicans lost. I, I don't think a whole lot of people got up in the morning on on that first Tuesday in November and said, you know. Um, Trump tweeted something I saw on TMZ in June and uh, and that's why I'm voting for this Democrat. No, 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 that's... They didn't keep their promise in the end. They didn't keep their promise to repeal Obamacare. You cannot promise something to the American people over 50 times and then not deliver it. George, read my lips, no new taxes. Herbert Walker Bush called. He agrees. Can't do that. Can't lay a marker down and then not go through with it can't do that that's the red line for the american people if you were a republican in congress which debate would you rather have the debate over whether the this was the gop consultant class talking point it's it's a monstrosity we can't afford so so number one you're making an argument based on fiduciary responsibility with a federal government that's already trillions of dollars in debt to the average American who has a zero savings account right now and thinks we can just literally call up the Xerox machine at Fort Knox and print more money.
0: You're saying the horse kind of left the barn on
1: that one already? Yeah. yeah. When when you're running trillion, when you've already done Medicare Part D, because we had to do that, you know, that compassionate conservatism thing in the the George W. Bush years. So we already did Medicare Part D, we already did race to the top. No child left behind. We already had to bail out Lehman Brothers. All right. And, and the bankers. You know, we just suspend free market principles to save the free market. We had to do all of these things. By the way, do you know what the most unpopular piece of congressional legislation in the history of modern polling is? TARP was. TARP was the most unpopular piece of legislation. Ever. Ever. And Republicans sign on to it. The Republican presidential nominee was in first place in the real clear politics polling average in September coming out of the convention. Largely thanks to a Sarah Palin speech. He then suspends his campaign while in first place to save us from billionaires losing a few billion dollars or something. Wasn't that something? We learned yesterday. You have to suspend
0: free market principles to save
1: it. For some reason. Okay. Okay and then, then got destroyed just a few weeks, a couple of months later in the presidential election. He was never a factor after this. Um, so you just went through a decade where you, you conditioned people that we can do all kinds of things. We can have endless war, right? The Iraq we allegedly freed is having its Benghazi moment as we speak right now, reportedly.
0: The debt clock just ticks like a bomb yeah, behind yeah. us all. It's just back, right? It's like elevator yes. music now. So as a yeah. so as a... <laughs> That's my favorite music. Da, da, yeah. Da, 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 yes.
1: Da, da. Everyone's hold music nowadays when you call is is the debt clock music. Perfect. Um, that's a clockwork orange come to life, indeed. But um, you've conditioned people that when it when that you can grow government anytime you want, and now suddenly the other side's arguing uh, single moms can't get health care, and you hate kids, and so after let's do endless war in Iraq. Let's do endless mall copping in Afghanistan because, you know, those last remaining Taliban interlopers riding their horses like the resistance on the, on the, on the, the, the shell of the Star Destroyers and Rise of Skywalker are, what, are quite the menacing threat to the 101st Airborne. Yes, yes, keep doing all of these things. Trillions and trillions and trillions. More, more, more for America last. But, guys when it comes to single moms and their health care, we just, we, we we can't afford that. We're broke here. Is it any wonder why that dog didn't hunt? And people are like, listen, I'm SMRT smart. I went to public school, but I got to believe if we've got money for my son to follow in my footsteps, I fought in Afghanistan and now my kids going, we got money for that, but we don't have money for single moms to have their health care. I, I might need a better argument. Well,
0: and these Republicans will turn around and they say, well, the, the the press, and that's just a lying argument. And yeah, because progressivism, the whole thing is a lie. They're always lying. Yep. You don't get to suddenly pull out and play victim status because they spun one on you. The entire thing is a canard.
1: Yes. You can't, you can't, you can't exchange a canard with a canard. You know, I've been, I, I've probably been on MSNBC and CNN over 50 some odd times in my career i i know this having i've been on live on the set i don't have to accept their talking points i don't have to accept the premise of their arguments i don't have to give up the high ground on my position i don't have to do that and neither do any of you republican politicians you choose to do it you could have you could have gone on with
0: soledad
1: is she even on anymore because i don't watch any of these I shows know. i don't even know
0: who's on she's like one okay. of the angriest, craziest people on Twitter, and that's saying something. Has she gone to the Alyssa Milano? Don't mess with me. I'm premenopausal. She I, played that card. Have again. you ever seen her and Mo- Alyssa Milano in, <laughs> in the, the same, same place? Space. <laughs> yes.
1: Glasses on. Glasses off. Soledad O'Brien with the glasses on. Alyssa Milano with the glasses off. Right, like Clark Kent and Superman. So um, you don't you, you don't have to. They don't like hand you a script and hey troubadour, play this tune. You you can just I don't know blow it up and say what you think. What's the point of that free speech thing if you're not going to use it, right?
0: This right I got to get this. It, it, since we're on this show, I mentioned this last month, the, the last season of season two of Yellowstone. This is my mantra and it needs to be yours. But the last episode, it's these warring factions and, and the, the, the the side, the family that you're following is, is fighting back and, and it gets the final win. Um, but in, and it's two people talking and one is dying. The, the, the bad guy is dying. Um, and the, the, the good guy, the family that you're following says, did you really not think we wouldn't fight back? And the guy who's dying just kind of laughs as he's dying. And he says, no one ever fights back, man. That's everything Steve is talking about in this point and the last point and the last point, which is why he says, Never never because if you if if you think you have high ground and you won't fight for it it was never your high ground to begin with
1: like on the on the issue of life if we really believe it's a life then why would we spend our tell you what if you if you do a little song do a little dance um and 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 you wear white after labor day and it's three minutes after midnight on a thursday um and, and, and you and you're saw work, black cats. Yeah, and, and you're working penne, buckwheat, and yeah. all the wrong places. And I'm Gumby, damn it! Then you can kill your kid. Why would we do legislation like that? The the heartbeat bills and stuff we're seeing around the country nowadays. Why weren't we doing these forty years ago? Why did we spend we we spent millions, billions of dollars trying to ban? Late-term partial birth abortion. We got it all the way to the Supreme Court, Carhart versus Gonzalez. And we didn't ban it. Won the case and didn't ban it. All we did was ban one method of it. It's like you, it's like you at Nuremberg, they only banned one form of, of gassing Jews in, 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 in ovens. Zyklon A, you can't use Zyklon A, but if you use the Zyklon B, dude, it's totally dope. We're down. Can't use the Zyklon A though, that's bad stuff. That, that's what the, that, that was like, un, until the last few years, that was like the biggest pro-life legislative win ever was banning or at least since the Hyde Amendment, which is going back long before Aaron was even born, was was banning one form of partial birth abortion, late term abortion. And yet we're still one of only six countries in the world that permits this. Pretty good rule of thumb is if if you're an exclusive company with North Korea in anything, you're wrong. Another good rule of thumb. Number two, if France is to morally, to your right on something. You're wrong. You can't do late term and partial birth abortion in France, where their prime ministers have their mistresses and their wives show up at their state funerals, Mr. Mitterrand. All right. And they stand next to each other. Okay. That country <laughs> doesn't let Ralph Northam. Say, you know, when we have the kid, then we put it in swaddling cloth over there in the incubator and the mom decides, do you want it? No? Okay, if not, stick a fork in it. We're done here. You can't do that in France, where the mistress and the wife are both at Prime Minister Mitterrand's funeral. Okay? France won't let you do that, where they give their kids cigarettes for breakfast. What'd you have for breakfast? what you have for breakfast there, France? Well, you know, mom gave me a pack of Lucky Strikes and they give their kids cigarettes for breakfast in France, but they don't permit late term abortion. And yet we do. When we thought we had won this battle, but we didn't win it ever. Why? We spent so much time trying to regulate child killing. Instead of arguing our actual point. When does life begin? And all of our legislation, all of it, all of it ought to to begin with that premise. We shouldn't even use words like fetus, and I know the medical term, but they've co-opted it. It should say child or baby in your legislation. Why do we give up the moral high ground on any of this? Again, a question that doesn't have any good answers. More of the Glenn Beck program here in a moment. You're listening to Glenn Beck. All right, let's get to commandment number five here in our 10 commandments of political warfare on the Glenn Beck program. Reverse the premise of your opponent's argument and use it against him. One of the greatest, I mean, technicians ever at this was Ronald Reagan. And a couple of the most famous examples I can think of off the top of my head Early in his presidency, the country is mired in a deep recession coming out of the Carter years. Still a big debate about whether his tax cuts are going to work or not. We hadn't seen really a, a mass across the board tax cut since JFK in the 60s. Um, and Keynesian economics reigns supreme at this point in time. And so Reagan's unpopular and the economy's not doing well. It just fired the air traffic controllers. So a lot of, the, a lot of unions, I think the Teamsters endorsed Reagan in 80, I believe. Uh, thought that you know he might be better for the everyday working man than we saw in the Carter years we had to invent the term misery index to accurately describe what the economy was like. And he's he's standing there doing a, a briefing, a, a nationwide press briefing, um there in the White House. And Sam Donaldson starts to try to corner the ABC the, the ABC's longtime uh, chief White House reporter of yesteryear tries to corner the president and says Mr. President you have said here today, or stood here today, and blamed everybody other than yourself for the state of the economy. You've blamed the Democrats in Congress. You've blamed, uh, you know, a, a lack of uh, patience for your policies. You blame Democratic governors and their policies in in their midwestern states. You have blamed everybody other than yourself, sir. You are the president. Do you share no blame for how people are suffering right now? And without skipping a beep, Ronald Reagan looks at him and says, well, Sam, you're right. For many years, I was a Democrat. So I do share some of the blame as well. That's a mic drop. One of the most famous clips of his presidency is in the first debate against Walter Mondale in 1984 for his reelect, Reagan did not perform well. And it looked like he was gonna cruise to reelection. Now suddenly like maybe this guy's too old to be president. First question he gets in the second debate is about that performance. And is he too old to be president? How would he reassure the American people? And he looks, he cocks his head, he looks over at Walter Mondale and says, well, I want to assure the American people I'm not going to stoop to the level of using my opponent's relative youth and inexperience against him in this race. And even Walter Mondale laughed at that. That's how you reverse the premise of your opponent's argument and use it against them. One of the things you'll often see me say when, when somebody crazy on the left makes a point, calling somebody that, that we like names, I'll often respond with, you know, when it comes to blank, you're certainly the subject matter expert here. So I, I may have to rethink my opinion on this topic because everybody knows you've got this one down in spades, bro. Okay. Don't hang them from their hoist, their, hoist them from their own petard, as Shakespeare used to say. That is a devastating tactic in argumentation, in the arena of ideas, particularly when it's done with humor or winsomeness. Don't accept their premise, but now let's go a step further. Reverse it and use it against them. We'll have more on that here when we come back. Hour three of the Glenn Beck program is next.